Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey and this week I'm joined by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Andy Watkins. We've got three games to look back on. We'll be touching briefly on those fixtures against Aston Villa and Derby while also discussing the madness of the West London Derby draw with Brentford. We'll also be looking ahead to Saturday's trip to Preston while catching the thoughts of this man. Bentley coming for it. Bentley unaware where it was, and Queensport Rangers have a little bit of hope. Matt Smith getting his head on that. Okay, well, the games against Aston Villa and Derby County seem a lifetime ago, so we'll just touch briefly on those before going into more detail about that game against Brentford. Aston Villa, firstly, a 2 1 defeat at Loftus Road. We're not used to defeats at home this season. We lost that one against Steve Bruce's Villa and it looked like we were certainly going to come away with something after Jamie Mackey gave us the lead. Yeah, we got off to a really, really good start. I thought the first 25 minutes we were excellent. You know, Jamie gets his, uh, his tap in from six inches, but you know, they're, they're the nice ones. 20 of them a season would be nice. Um, but you know, as the half went on, I thought watching uh, Villa sort of grew, if you like. Adoma missed a good chance. They were knocking on the door. But it was just really frustrating that you concede right on the stroke of half-time in the manner that we did. The thoughts on that penalty? I have a long debate about penalties and, you know, could be here all day and having a bit of a rant. You know, I just think, you know, the the way the rules have changed, it's 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 making it really impossible. Be, um, first of all, it should be a deliberate, you know, I don't think unless someone's saving it on the line that any player handles the ball deliberately mm. and does this is the, is the arm in an unnatural position. Where you, your body sometimes moves as one. You know, if I'm playing golf and I'm swinging with my arms, my legs move. Mm. Uh, so if I'm going to block a cross or block a shot, sometimes I stick my leg out, but my arm will naturally move. Yeah. You see players putting their arms behind their back. That's to me an unnatural, unnatural. Yeah, yeah, an unnatural yeah. movement. And that, and sometimes you haven't got time to think. Mm. You're trying to block it with your leg and your arm, and if it strikes your arm, you give a penalty. So you know, it's a it's a real frustrating one. But on the day, on comes. I saw Jack's arm slightly move, exaggerated by his white bandage. Yeah, I was about to say that. And also, I think what didn't help him was the part of the hand it hit, it knocked his arm into the air. Yeah. So it almost created the optical illusion that he'd moved his arm yeah. to the ball, but actually yeah. the ball moved his arm into the air. Yeah, so it's, it's again, and you know, like many people, many fans... I watched the football on Saturday nights and you see two or three of them on given. Well, we saw it against Brentford in our favour. Yeah, well, not exactly. in our favour, as it turned out. Was so it a, a penalty for us and it wasn't given? So it's really frustrating. Um, it's a frustrating rule, but it's there and you mm. sometimes you just have to lick your wounds and get on with it. And that, that is what we had to do when we travelled up to Derby County and it, it was just a, a disappointing performance. Yeah, I don't think you can hide behind that. You know, went with a different approach, um, and you know, I've got no problem with that as a as a part of the club and watching. But as a fan watching, uh, haven't got the greatest away records. You're going to Derby, who on paper are a good side. So we went with a different approach to mm. to sort of contain. Uh, and Ollie alluded to that before the game, didn't he? He said, you know, we, we we're not doing well on the road in terms of the points we're getting. Yeah. So he said he was going to change it and he, he did. He, went, he, so went. he tried something different. Yeah. Uh, and you know, if he if he doesn't try something different, people will say, well, why are you not trying a different yeah. approach? You know, we haven't won away for 16 games or yeah. whatever. So, uh, and I thought the game plan he went with up at Derby uh, from a, a containment point of view was working a treat. Mm. You know, Derby never had a shot. They were running out of ideas. The crowd were getting a bit restless. 
but again a crucial moment in the game 30 seconds before half time uh, we get robbed we're playing a really really high line they break 1-0 up and I say it again and people laugh at me but goals change games mm. your half time team talk changes both from Ollie's point of view and from Derby's point of view six minutes later the 2-0 up and that was game over because we looked like we didn't have anything whether in the tank or anything to get back into that game and that was the disappointing part so we went into the game against Brentford <laughs> and having lost three in, on the spin we didn't want to make it four we certainly didn't want to make it four against our local rivals what was your thoughts on the I mean obviously it's nil-nil at half time what was your thoughts on the, the first half performance and Andy Watkins, I'll bring you into this in a moment as well. But firstly, since, what were your thoughts on the, the first half performance? I thought it started off at a real frantic pace. I thought we started quite well. You know, we looked bright on the front foot. Um, I thought the first half was quite even, to be mm, honest. You know, Canos has had that you know, great bit of play where he's come off the left. He's bent one that's going in the top corner. Alex makes a hell of a save. Mm. Uh, at the other end, Jamie Mackey, arguably uh, should score, could score. You know, he, he drops it, cuts inside and doesn't hit the target. So you go in and you're thinking, okay, that's it's even, Stephen. It could go either sort of way. Um, that was my sort of assessment of the first half. And um, like since you're always saying, you've already said it on this podcast, goals change games. And uh, Andy Watkins, the Brentford's op- uh, goal just after half time from Lasso Viva did turn the tide in their favour. Suddenly Brentford started playing with a lot more confidence and started popping it around like we know they're capable of and the goals certainly turned the game in their favour. Yeah, I think as you alluded to, the first half was nothing much to separate the team. I think 0-0 was, was fair and then as you say, they get that, that goal and it just, um, obviously with their fans behind the goal they've scored, it kind of changes the, the feeling around the ground and it gave them a lift and I think as much as it gave them a lift, it was, you know, knocked the, the stuffing out of us slightly and then, yeah, as you, as you say, it kind of um, gave them you know, extra confidence and they had a spring in their step going forwards and suddenly every time they were going forwards you, they looked like they were going to create a chance and mm. Alex made a couple of, of as it turned out really important saves yeah, that one they were at 2-0 um, yeah. especially at 2-0 I think they had a couple of counter-attacks um, and you thought well you know and you think they're academic so yeah yeah exactly that and it's only when you, you suddenly look back at the highlights and obviously had we known what was going to come in the, the last mm-hmm. two minutes of stoppage time suddenly those saves were were huge um, and you know probably, he probably didn't get the credit that he probably deserved because people as you say thought they were might just going to be academic and were just sort of keeping the score down when as it turned out obviously they were certainly more important than we thought and what you also have to take into account is when you're a goal down you're going to chase the game so you're going to be more exposed defensively so it can actually skew your judgment on how we've performed in the second half because certainly Brentford were catching us on the break and catching us on the break but we're a goal down there's that need to gamble effectively and certainly Brentford had the opportunities to wrap it up they looked like they had wrapped it up with nine minutes ago when they doubled their advantage and at that point you think well that that is the end of the game and again goals change games you in the 92nd minute I have to admit we'll speak with Matt Smith in a moment but I have to admit when he scored the goal and even when the DJ in the stadium played the pig bag music I almost winced thinking mm, you know yeah. should we even be playing the music it's a 93rd minute it doesn't really mean anything I mean that shows what I know about football but <laughs> as a player 
since when you score in the 93rd minute you're not thinking that you can still do it surely or perhaps you are uh, sometimes you are it's the complexion of the game you know but you you'll be aware that four minutes has gone up you'll be aware that you've pulled it back and you're probably thinking well we're gonna have the ball we're gonna have maybe one more foray into the opposition half you know can we make it count can we put a, um, a decent ball in can we make them defend one last time so you, you never, never know. It stunned me, considering how good Brentford are on the ball, that they took their um, centre and just went long yeah. and just effectively gave us the ball back. Yeah. I yeah. could not. I thought they are going to go all the way back to their keeper, but they just set and went long and yeah. fair play to Jack Robinson. Yeah, I thought their, you know, I'm not here to talk about Brentford, but I thought their game management in the last five or six minutes was pretty poor, uh, to be honest. I um, thought it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> From there, and that allowed us back into the game for a start. You know, the, if, if you look at Matty's first goal, keeper's come front, got nowhere near. He's got to come and clean everything out or stay on his line. So that gives us a lifeline. Still got a lot to do, Matt. Yeah, Bidwell did a good job yep. as well, didn't he? Exactly. Then, uh, as I say, the, uh, the, the the second goal, uh, as I say, what is it now? It's 36 hours since then. And I'm still... You know, not quite understanding what happened the other night, if that makes sense. You know, yeah. <laughs> really elated from our point of view that we got a point. Uh, still a bit numb that, like, did that really happen? Mm. Uh, it was sort of a weird feeling after the game. What I do love is that after Luke, Fre- after Luke Freeman scored, he went and got the ball and put it back on the centre spot. That was clearly his mindset. We're not done yet. Can we get a third? Yeah, I think, you know, if it was hypothetical, but another couple of minutes, you know, yeah. you, you're going to get, just as I was talking about, you're going to get one more chance, you're going to get one more foray into the opposition. Unfortunately, we just ran out of time. But uh, what you what you would say, and we could we could pick holes in the performance uh, and the, the second half and them cutting us out a little bit, what you can't pick holes in and what you can't criticise this team at QPR is their never-say-die attitude. Their, yeah, and their commitment. I was just about, that was my next point, is that regardless, ha- I mean, it's easy to say it when you, yeah, score two late goals to draw 2-2 two, two, to go yeah great effort commitment and passion but for me even if we hadn't have got those two goals you, I personally don't think you can say that the QPR players that are on that pitch weren't committed and weren't trying and, and weren't passionate it's certainly an accusation you could have levied at players here in the past but I honestly don't think you can say it about this group of players and that's credit to the players you know uh, and that's credit to the management uh, team if you like they've instilled that you know, we go right at the end, I could list a, a whole host of games, you know, come from behind to beat Hull, 2-0 down against Millwall, come back to get a point, 2-0 down against Fulham, almost claw it back. Mm. You know, 2-0, 2-0 down the other day, do claw it back. Uh, so that character, that fighting spirit, that never say die, not knowing when your beat is there. The question is, why do we keep giving ourselves mountains to climb? Yeah. Uh, you know, so... Um, but, you know, credit where's credit's due. You have to give those players credit for going right to the final whistle the other night. And one player who um, came on and I thought made a difference, interesting to get your thoughts, um, because it, obviously naturally all the talk is about Matt Smith and about Luke Freeman, but Pavel Showett came on and he seemed to he seemed to make a difference and he was getting at his fullback. Yeah, I thought what we saw from Pavel in the 15, 16 minutes he was on, maybe a couple of minutes more, I haven't got the, the, the numbers yeah. in front of me, but was more like what we know Pav can do, you know, because... Um, what he does for the team whenever he's playing, he works incredibly hard, you know, uh, with the ball and without the ball. Just needs that little bit more quality and that maybe confidence thing or whatever, you know. But what we saw in that 15, 16 minutes of the night was him um, back to what he can do. Um, and long may that continue. 
And I'd just like to bring in our social media manager, oh, Andy Watkins, here. We here we go. Um, <coughs> after, well, the, the last few minutes, I would imagine, on um, the QPR Twitter feed would have been quite interesting because supporters can vent their frustration when the result isn't going well and then that complete turnaround at the end. It must have been a quite a, a busy Twitter um, Yeah, it was... Um, I don't think I've seen a... The only thing I can kind of remember fairly similar was um, the Liverpool game in the Premier League when there was, I think, three goals in the injury time and it was one way, I think, Vargas scored and then it, it was just crazy. But That's right, I yeah. think Monday night, yeah, I mean, 2-0 down, going into injury time. You know, we were all there, you know, prepared. I won't say what I had in the, the message, <laughs> ready to go out, but it was already there, you know, full-time, you know, 2-0. And we're thinking, you know, obviously we're, you know, in a sticky spell as it is. You know, no one likes losing at home to the the local rivals, and then as you say, it was just it was just crazy because um, even when when Matt scored the you know it's the ninety third minute, um, and I think you know as as since has mentioned you know the the Millwall comeback, I think as you say in years gone by perhaps we we wouldn't have come back from that, but you know I I saw that coming the the Millwall when we were two 0 down mm. and there was plenty of time and we were sort of knocking at the door for the whole second yeah. half. Didn't get that feeling Monday night, I must admit. Um, and even when, you know, when, when Matt Smith scored, you're thinking, well, it's the 93rd minute. There's only, a, you know, maybe if we'd got that goal five minutes earlier, then maybe we'd have had a mm. chance. And even when, when Matt scored, it was kind of, a, OK, well, we've got, a, it's not really a consolation goal because he's still going to lose the game. And then I've just put that through. I'm looking up and suddenly it's in the box and then Freeman's getting a second. And I didn't really know what was, what was going on. It was absolutely madness. And yeah, needless to say, the... The, the notifications went from one extreme to the other within a space of 120 seconds. It was absolutely crazy. Um, and I think, yeah, like you said, afterwards, I think we're all sort of scratching our heads thinking, you know, we kind of prepared ourselves for, you know, a defeat, you know, a grueling defeat. Mm. And you could hear what you could hear was the, you know, just the ringing from the, the Brentford fans sort of the last sort of 10 minutes, you know, celebrating. And suddenly they were, you know, stone silent and... I think people just couldn't believe what had, what had really happened. Yeah, so, it um, was incredible. What was even more incredible was that 24 hours later, Charlton did it to Peter. Yeah. It was <laughs> remarkable. Uh, just finally on that, uh, since it was important to avoid four straight defeats, obviously, um, and we managed to do that by getting those two late goals. What could that do for this group to avoid, to almost come through that together? You would like to think a hell of a lot, you know, because... Um that dressing room would have been a, a, a nice place to be. Um, you know, people say, well, it was only a point. Yeah, we know that. It would have been better if we had got three points. But uh, the manner in which we gained the point, um, you know, I'm hoping that will give the lads a real lift and they can take that impetus, that, uh, what that's done for them, into the next game on Saturday in Preston. So, let's um, say, on the night, you, you know, probably second best for, certainly the second half, but... 10 out of 10 for character commitment and never say uh, die attitude to to scrape home with a point Matt I spoke to you recently for the QPR website and you said I don't want to be known as an impact sub the problem is when you come off the bench and have such an impact (laughs) like you did against Brentford yeah I've just probably got to stop doing that Um, no it's it's one of them um, double-ended swords really I think it's just you obviously when you're called upon you try and do your best and and try and influence the game as best you can um, 
but at the, at the same time, you, you don't really want that tag. So it's no, obviously, first and foremost, I'm delighted that we got the goal and we got the goals that ultimately got us a point um, and stopped the the run of defeat. Um, so that you know, that's the most important thing. When you came on, it was. We were one nil down when you came on. What did the manager say to you as you came off the bench? What were his instructions? Go and get a goal. You know, is is you know, I'm, I'm well versed at coming off the bench now, so I'm pretty, um, you know, well tuned into what my roles and responsibilities are when coming on. They're more or less the same in, you know, especially when you when you're uh, trailing. Um, so just just go on and try and influence the game. You know, put yourself about, make your presence felt, and. You know the game went a bit more direct towards the end, and it you know we reaped the benefits of that. Um, you know I think they they certainly panicked, especially after the the first goal went in, um, and you know have that that knack of of getting getting on the end of things towards the end of games, which you know teams can switch off, especially in the championship. You know a lot of goals are scored in the latter parts of the game, so it's important that you keep going right to the final whistle. The fans, I think, naturally when it's going to 85, 86 minutes, they think oh, okay. It's not going to happen. We're still two nil down. As players, do you find yourself looking up at the, the clock to see how long's left, and you think, "Look, we probably need one by eighty-five to give us five minutes for the second? Um, n- not necessarily. No, you, you know, as a striker as well, I'm just looking to get on the score sheet. You know, um, you know, for, even for us, consolation goals can be a bit of a confidence booster. Um, you know, we're looking to. You know, will ultimately be judged by a goal return. So if you can even nick a consolation goal, that that you know, from a personal perspective, that can be a mental boost. Mm. Um, so for me, I'm, I will always be going, you know, right to the to the death. Um, you know, it's not the first time. You know, you look at Hull, you look at Millwall, you look at Wolves. We do it. So it's it's one of them where we'll always keep going. And you know, it, it, looking at the clock or not looking at the clock, we'll just we'll just keep fighting to the end. And your goal, Jake Bidwell did well, didn't he? Just to to flick the ball on away from the goalkeeper, but you still actually had a, a bit to do to to get it on target, which might seem strange with the the keeper sort of gone awol, if you like. But you still yeah. had a bit to do. Yeah, it's quite hard when the ball was just sort of looped up and you know, and it was dropping down directly on your head. Sometimes to actually angle it down can be handy. I was lucky; it kind of just went on the underside of the bar um, from a standing jump. is is not the easiest. Whilst it's you know, it might look look mm. it, it's really not. And I have to admit, when the, the DJ played the pig bag music after your goal, I thought, oh man, I'm not even sure we, we should be because the game's dead. But then we get the three free kick and you think, okay, you know, this, really, this is the, the last possible chance. And I think the only person that was going to beat you to the ball was Baptiste. It was between the pair of you, the, the absolute determination to get on the end of that ball and keep the move alive. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know... Josh, you know, just put the ball in an area and just left it for me to attack. Um, you know, just, yeah, determination to get on the end of it and just nod it down into the goal direction and, and hope that the lads are gambling, uh, mm. which is, um, you know, the, the case most of the time is when I try to angle it back into the box and just hoping that the lads are gambling and, you know, sure enough, they can get on the end of things and, and get goals. You know, you saw it with Fulham in the last stages when Connor's goal um, it's it's one that you know hopefully that they can read the read the knockdown and, and Luke did and how did it feel for you, for you personally when we see um, Luke Freeman getting on the end of that and put that in because the reaction of all the players was like every, all of you had scored that goal yeah it was I mean it was surprising I'll be honest I, I didn't ex- obviously didn't expect anything anyone expected it you know 93-94 that's a first for me um, but yeah obviously an element of surprise but ultimately relief and you know um, 
you know, I'm obviously over the moon, but I think we deserve that. Um, you know, we haven't really had the rub of the green recently. If you look at the Villa game, the, the penalty before half time was a real sucker punch mm. in a game that we were, I felt very comfortable in. Um, so to, to get that little bit of rub of the green and for something to turn our ways, I think what we deserved and, you know, you create your own luck and I think we were, we were um, guilty of that. And what I admire is that Luke Freeman's reaction to the goal was to go and get the ball and put yeah. it Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I thought, to be fair, I probably was feeling the same. I just ran back towards the halfway line. Like, I didn't actually see how many minutes it went up on the board, so I didn't know how long was left, but I thought, why not get a third? Mm. Because they are well and truly, you know, when, when a player's mindset's like that, they're in absolute panic stations. Mm. You know, you, you've got to capitalise on that. And... You know, had there been another couple of minutes, who knows what yeah. happened? And, that, and I say that, you know, joking aside, I, I genuinely think we probably could have got a third. It was uh, <laughs> we just literally ran out of time. Yeah. Um, what was it like in the dressing room then? Take us into the dressing room afterwards because yeah. it must have been f- certainly felt like a win. Yeah, it did. You know, it was a, it was a moral victory for sure. Um, you know, lads are obviously delighted, you know, relieved, overjoyed, a lot of emotion. Um, you know, which is felt by everyone, not least the manager. So it's it's you know, football is a very emotional game, and you know, you factor them all in. You know, it, you, it's 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 a, it's a strange feeling. So um, definitely moral victory, and and what we needed going into Saturday because mm. we really need to turn around this away form, which has sort of been haunting us a lot of the season, um, and and turn you know what have you know been good away performances into into three points. The away form, then let's talk about that. It's yeah. bizarre, really, isn't it? Because we've been so impressive and getting good results at home against very difficult opposition, and away from home, for whatever reason, it's not just—it's just not happening. And Ian Holloway even said, "You know, I've got to change my tactic," and he did for the last couple of games, and it's on the road, and it's still just not quite happening. Yeah, I mean, you take away obviously the derby game, which was a poor performance, but. You know, we just seem to be nearly men. You know, I think um, certainly, you know, you look at the Bolton, the Sunderlands, mm. the Sheffield Wednesdays, and these are just ones at the top of my head. You know, close but not close enough. And I think we just need that bit of Nelson, a bit of Gaal to see those, see the, see those, um, see those leads out. And is it about changing our, our approach? Ultimately, that's the, the manager's um, decision, but. You know, there's different schools of thought there. You know, what they say, madness is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Um, but you can't go too far away from sort of the formula that's been doing mm. you so well at home. I realise Loftus Road's a very different atmosphere to, to other grounds. Certainly we've got a tight pitch, we have a tight atmosphere, and we use that to really do use that to our advantage. And certainly when you go away, the stadiums are a bit bigger and more expansive and the pitch is a bit wider and um, you know maybe we're just you know well tuned into our home environment but because I, I do feel it is quite contrasting to a lot of the other stadiums in the championship mm. as a player speaking openly um, so yeah we need to turn it around we're, we're all well, very aware of that and that's probably what's stopping us from being a lot higher up the table really because I think if you just go purely on home form we'd be towards the top so mm. um, it needs turning around and, and we're well versed that so no better place to start than, than on Saturday and Preston away this weekend you've scored five goals in 15 championship games for QPR this season and by my counting you've only started four games in the league 
your stock's pretty high at the minute. Do you, are you the sort that knocks on the door and says, I'll be in for Saturday, please, Gaffer? <laughs> I think it's three starts, isn't it? <laughs> um, I'm not really one to go knocking on the door of a manager. I've kind of done that over the years and, you know, a manager's decision's a manager's decision. He knows my thoughts on where I want to be and what I want to be doing. Like, um, you know, that hasn't changed and that won't change. You know, as a signed here to play regular games, it wasn't mm. to, you know, sit on the bench um, as I did at Fulham for, for a long period towards the end of my spell there. Um, so all I can do is my best when I'm given the opportunity. That's, you know, I feel like... Um, get asked that question a lot and that's really the only answer I can give there's what, what else can I say mm. it's you know um, I'll but is, it, is it a sign you're doing well that you are getting asked that of question of course of course yeah you know and, and obviously when you do that you know papers or media tend to spin that into like yeah. some sort of Smith is frustrated story yeah, yeah, or yeah. you know and I don't really know what other stock answer you can give other than do your best when you come off to try yeah. and start I think every player is in that in that boat um but yeah, obviously, hopefully I can be given a, a run in the side. And I think it's not just having a, a start and then, a you know, strikers feed on confidence and that confidence mm. is bred over a run of games. The one thing I would say about strikers is we've probably split the goals pretty evenly across the four of us. But I don't think any of us has really, JSI maybe have had like a real run mm. of games, which is where I think you build goal scoring form. And, and certainly I've done that, you know, when I was at Leeds and I was at Bristol City. And I got a lot of my goals through just consistently playing games. Yeah. Um, so that that's that's my aim, and that's what I want to be doing because I feel if I can get a run of games inside, I can I consistently score as I proved um, in the past. And Preston this weekend, our away form is well documented. Preston haven't won at home for two and a half months. It's either got a draw written all over it, or something's got to give. <laughs> yeah, it'll be an interesting one. You know, Preston's always a tough game. Um, you know, they're a very very physical side. Um, across the side you know back mm. to front you know it's going to be a real real tough contest in that regard um, you know I remember the, the game the game there last year um, was it 1-1 mm. Kaz scored mm. um, and then Fulham as well at the start of the season we, we got, I scored and we got a good win so you know I'm, I've always turned, feel like um, it's a good place to go um, you know it's a good atmosphere so it's going to be a tough game you know they're doing well in the season um, but as you say that stat there is not a great one so one of us has got to be <laughs> putting an end to a, a bad record and the nature of the championship particularly at this time of the year there's loads of fixtures coming up over the next few weeks and the league table can look very different by New Year's Day depending on how you do in December of course yeah no, the winter months is where the, champ the league starts to take shape I think it's really congested at the mm. moment. If you look at the league, it's a strange one. It's really it's the most competitive I've seen in the last five years that I've been here, yeah. four years that I've been in the championship. So um, I think the next few months, no international break, game after game after game, the cup comes into place. Obviously, that has an effect on you know endurance and mm. you know how how teams um, are feeling going into going into their league games. So I think, yeah, certainly December, January, the league's really going to start to take shape. So it's important that we mount some momentum. Um, you know, it's been sort of like short bursts in the past three months, really, in terms of game break, game yeah. break, you know. So it's um, it's a tough old slog now. Um, I know when the yellow balls start coming out, there, it's like, a, yeah, the beginning of the end. So it's, <laughs> um, it's up to us to get some momentum, which I think is going to be key. Okay, and just finally, how would you sum up the, the season so far overall, which... 
is actually quite a difficult question when it comes to QPR this season because some of our performances you look at and think, well, you know, that's the performance of a, a team that would be challenging right at the top end and then other performances have been disappointing. Yeah, no, I think certainly character, determination, you know, endeavour to keep going right to the end, I don't think you can be faulted really. No. I think home form, terrific, but ultimately, you know, the, the vice has been away from home, so that, that's something that needs to be turned around and I think if we do that, we've got a great chance of, of pushing right back into the table. Interesting views there from Mr Smith. He's certainly done very well. You, like, you look at that, five goals in 15 and started only three games, not four games, started <laughs> only three games. Um, that's a, a very good goals return. And like he said, it's a bit of a double-edged sword as a sub because you come on and you want to show the manager what you can do, but do really well. And the manager can understandably think he's perfect off the bench. Is that, from a player's point of view, it's, it's quite a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, hear what Matty says, you know, and he he has made a hell of an impact when he's come off the bench, you know. I've just written down some games here, you know, he came on against Hull when we were 1-0 down, scored and turned the game in our favour. Millwall, 2-0 down when he comes on, scores and we get a 2-2 draw. Fulham were 2-0 down, he comes on, we don't get a, anything out of it, but he definitely has an impact. Yeah. Uh, Wolves comes off the bench and scores the winner. Brentford the other night, he comes on, off the bench, scores and makes one. So yeah. he's definitely have that impact. My challenge to Matty would be... Um, and he's already said he doesn't want to be an impact player. He doesn't want to be a super sub, if you like. Okay, so the games that you've started, can you do so well? Can you be so effective, if you like, starting games that the manager can't leave you out? Yeah. I mean, he also makes the point that for like, strikers, you know, almost build their game on confidence. And that needs to come from a run of games yep. in the side, not in for one and then out, yep. which I, com- I completely understand as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I totally get that, you know, but... Uh, I'm a I'm a big Matt fan, you know. He, as we've seen with the impact, as I say, it's 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 not a criticism, and it's not why you're not playing or why or you should be playing. It's, it's none of that. But I would throw down the gauntlet that if you if you start games, can you be so effective mm. and do so well that you become a mainstay in the side? You know, uh, there's not a there's not a will be a yet sits on the bench. There's not a player who's playing out of his skin sits on the bench. You know, you, you're sitting on the bench for a reason, if you like. Uh, and maybe that reason at the minute is to come off the bench and make the impact that he's doing. But I'm putting my player's hat on, take anything out of it. I don't want to come off the bench. I want to start games and I want to do really well for myself and the team. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, Abir Ayezi is a a player that's doing very well at Wickham. Um, He's on loan there until January. And we've got the recall option in January. And he's, he's certainly making the most of that. I know since you've spoken in the past about the importance of getting out and playing men's football as you call it because it it's almost it, well it is it's very different to under 23s football you you get out and like people say you're playing against people who are playing for their mortgages there's points at stake you're playing in front of fans you're playing in front of away fans and you obviously mentally have to prepare for that which is very different to what you experience at under 23 level Mr Watkins you and Matt Webb went to make the most of the international mm. break to get more football in um, and you, you went to see uh, Wickham in action and uh, Abir Ayezi certainly didn't disappoint it was an excellent feature and it's on the QPR website it's well worth a look a great feature you put together along with uh, Matt and David Scriven and uh, yeah Abir I didn't disappoint on your trip yeah why have a weekend off when you can go and watch <laughs> Wickham Wanderers in, in League 2 but no, it was definitely a really really good trip good to see Abir and 
I mean, as you'll see in the video, you know, he's getting rave reviews there from, from the, the minute he's been there. Um, we've obviously seen, I think people will have seen his two goals, his first goals at Cambridge, which uh, caught the eye, both um, absolute worldies. And then he's he's obviously been, you know, not just the goals, but his performances have, um, you know, gone down really well. And it was good to speak to, to Gareth Ainsworth afterwards, who had, you know, only positive things to say. Um, but, you know, good things as well, not just, you know, saying how well he's doing, but, you know, there's things that, you know, he, he needs to work on, but that they have conversations all the time in training, what he can do better, you know, things that he can work on, which is obviously, the, you know, the reason he's he's out on loan, that's what they're there for, to mm. get experience, to learn. Um, and obviously being, you know, at Wickham, which, um, you know, obviously we've got, a, you know, had a good connection with over the years, is a, is a really good place for him to be at the minute. And yeah, it was brilliant, you know, Beeray's enjoying it. Um, doing well and the fans you know we were in our in our QPR tracksuits and we had Wiccan fan after Wiccan fan and a few QPR fans I'll say who were, who were there as well um, seeing what we we're up to and and you know Wiccan fans were worried that we would come to, to take a beer away but obviously he's there until till January um, and then obviously we'll, we'll see what happens there but he's you know he's doing really well which is good to see as it is with you know with all our youngsters when they go out on loans so you know, it's good for him and we'll see what happens after that. And since it shows the importance of getting out on loan. I mean, we see it here with Les Ferdinand, a, a prime <coughs> example. He went to Turkey when he wasn't getting in the team at QPR and he come back and the rest, as they say, is history. But it does show the importance of getting out on loan and getting your career going. Yeah, I, I don't think you can underestimate, you know. I think you alluded to it. It's what I term, you know, proper football. Points at stake, jobs at stake. Uh, you know, I think you, you grow up quite quickly because you're playing with experienced players who... You know, won't let you away with things that you possibly might just about get away with in the 23s. On Ezzy, I've seen him quite a few times in the 23s, and the first time I saw him, I liked what I saw. You know, the positions he took up, the way he received the ball, always looked to be positive. And uh, the lad can finish as well, so uh, I'll do him the world of good. Uh, being where he is, I spoke to Gareth Ains with uh, four or five weeks ago when I saw him in a function. He was raving about him, you know, and yeah, still got things to work at. Uh, you know, he's a young lad learning his trade. But with Gareth, he's in good hands, and let's see what happens at the end of his uh, if he's loan. Whether he comes back um, and has a part to play here, which uh, the way he's been doing, I would have thought is every good chance. Preston this weekend, can we end this away run that is dragging on and on? And as we've said before, it's since February, and it's just incredible that it's got to this stage and you look and it it's not been bad performances we've spoken before on numerous occasions about we've gone to places like Cardiff we've gone to places like Middlesbrough like Sheffield Wednesday and come very close but it's just not happening for us at the moment Preston on the other hand as I just said with uh, Matt Smith earlier they've not won at home for two and a half months so in theory something's got to give or it's going to be a draw <laughs> Well, you know, it's uh, it's just the case that I think I said when we went up the forest and that's constantly banded about, you know, um, the run of us not winning away will end sometime. Mm. Uh, you know, the law of averages, and <laughs> we're just hoping that'll end very, very soon. And Saturday, Preston, you've just said, you know, haven't won at home for a while. Um, I think they're a decent side. Um, you know, had a good sort of start, fell away a little bit, but have come back in recent weeks. Yeah. So it's going to be a it's going to be a tough encounter, but you know, fingers crossed, legs crossed, prayers are being said that we can end this run on Saturday. Yeah, like you said, they picked up five points from their last three games, so they certainly turned a corner. And 
Alex Neal has made some interesting quotes this week in terms of Saturday's game in that he said he does he said QPR are one of the most difficult teams to prepare for because you don't know how they're going to set up because Ollie can change it he, he does change it depending on how the game is going we saw against Brentford he, he made changes which had a huge impact he's got a, a great points return from making changes as you spoke about earlier in the second half to get us back into games so from that point of view it is difficult for the opposition when you think from that perspective yeah it was the, I saw the quote you know and Alex is a really good manager I feel uh, not sure if that's a real compliment if you like or a little bit of a uh, uh, I wouldn't say a criticism if you like I would probably sooner us flying quite high and he knows and he comes out and says I know exactly how QPR mm-hmm. to play but they're going to be really difficult to play against you know because that would say that we're doing really really well but you know it, it makes it difficult for a Preston because they'll have to go through maybe two or three scenarios they're not quite sure you know they've seen the comeback the other night on the telly no doubt they'll have someone at the ground um, does Matty Smith start so they'll be in a little bit of Unknowing how to prepare for the game, the set plays, you know, who, who, who's going to pick up, they, they might not know. So, yeah, it can work in our favour. And Andy Watkins, in terms of team selection, there's a, a headache, if you like, for Ian Holloway in that Luke Freeman isn't available. He's got a one match ban to serve after picking up his fifth yellow card against Brentford. So, he's certainly out. Obviously, we all know about the defensive crisis that's going on at the moment is quite incredible the number of defenders that we've got unavailable but it's in the the midfield where does he go for a, a five-man midfield like he did up at Derby or does he go 4-4-2 and certainly with Luke Freeman being out you, you wonder whether it'll be Pavel Shawick that will come in to, to play wide or what sort of change he'll look for yeah obviously it's a it's a blow for us because I think I think yeah everyone would say the, the three midfield of Freeman Luongo and Scoen have probably been the I'd say personally the probably the brightest part of our team this season and certainly the, the signing of, of Josh has, has made a big difference which is something we've probably been missing the last couple of seasons and and Luke has obviously played a big part of that chipped in with with well, plenty of assists and, and mm. a couple of, of important goals as well so yeah it'll be a big miss on on Saturday um, but obviously it's going to be a, an opportunity for for someone else and you know perhaps we saw the the bench on on Monday night had a, you know some players that haven't perhaps had the the minutes they would have liked this season so it could be an opportunity for for one of those you know perhaps a, a Sean Goss could come in or as you say Pavel you know made an impact when he came on on Monday night so perhaps they'll, they'll look to do that um, and you've got Ilias Chair as well who, who was on the bench on Monday who could possibly come in. You know, he's that sort of attacking kind of midfielder and a skillful whip. Moroccan. Yeah. <laughs> that just never work at QPR. Um, and since just finally, what sort of game are you anticipating up at Deepdale? A tough one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, press nothing. Sometimes teams reflect their manager, Alex Neil. Uh, you know, dogged, Scotsman, tough gritty he'll he'll have sort of Preston uh, they'll be aware of their home record so there'll be a little bit of edginess around um, but they are coming off the back of a, a, a couple of good results but uh, I say time and time again it's about us it's about our approach you know you, you, you're worrying who's going to fill the gap um, left by Luke Freeman and he will be a miss you know because I think up until a few weeks ago he had the most assists you know he's just come off the bat of scoring and, and a really, really mm. important goal. So, um, so yeah, we're going to miss him, but it's 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 up to the players uh, who Ollie selects. Someone's going to have to come in and 
you know, make his mark and an ideal opportunity. You know, again, what I was talking about, Matty Smith, can the side that Ollie sends out on Saturday play so well that Luke Freeman has to bide his time? That's the ideal scenario. Whether that happens or not depends on the 90 minutes on Saturday. 